You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 192 of the Black Eagles podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwartz, live from New York City. Um, for anyone following me on uh, Twitter or Instagram, you know it's been a rough week. Uh, not uh, away from Besiktas, right? Away from all the injuries. Um, yeah, I mean, I think probably a lot of people expected maybe there might not be an episode. Khan almost took over the reins. I almost gave them to him, in fact, but I thought there might be a point where I needed, um, you know, to get my mind off of all of the the negative and focus on uh, something else. And so sure enough, here we are. I won't talk about it, you know. Uh, I won't say any more about it. Um, You know, if you're curious, check out the Twitter account or Instagram. Thanks so much to all the well-wishers. You know, everyone lending their support. I appreciated that very much. Uh, Normally, I wouldn't have even been as public as that, but this was... Obviously, it's sort of crazy situation that you know, hit me pretty hard, to be honest. But um, nonetheless, you know, I guess normally I'm here for you folks doing this service to Besiktas in the community. Uh, this time, it's a little different. It's sort of a therapy for me, a chance to, to put my mind on something else. So uh, thanks for bearing with me, folks. Uh, and yeah, let's... Let's talk Besiktas. Um, crazy week uh, all around for the team, right? Uh, injuries one after the next. Just it seemed like e- even when we weren't playing, there were guys getting injured somehow. You know, uh, we were short eight out of eleven starters coming into this Champions League match against Ajax. To sort of preview the match a little bit, <clears throat> coming into the match, Ajax had previously just defeated FC Groningen at home, coming off of a uh, it was a three to nil victory. Prior to that, they had defeated Fortuna Sittard on the road nil to five, and prior to that, they had beaten Kambur nine to nil. And then before that, in the Champions League, they had defeated Sporting on the road in, the, in match day one of the Champions League, one to five. Operation is in effect as of right now. Um, so they hadn't scored less than three goals in, in their four matches, previous four matches. And they're coming against a Besiktas side that would be featuring certainly uh, 
Serdar Sachi, right? Um, second career start. Certainly his first, you know, his, his Champions League debut. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously nobody had high hopes. I think most people expected not just to lose, but to lose terribly. Um, you know, we were all just basically hoping to not be embarrassed. You could even say, I think, right? But so, yeah, with that said, let's talk about the actual lineups, and obviously we'll start with us. Ersin Destanolu was in the goal, so he was back after Matt Gunnok. Um, I guess, you know, he came under criticism in the all-time match, perhaps unfairly. I think a keeper, it's, it's always lazy to, to target a keeper when typically a number of other players have to screw up before it even comes to that. Um, but so, nonetheless, Erickson was back, and I think, I, I mentioned this, I think we knew we were coming into that previous match against Altai shorthanded, we knew we would probably concede goals, we wanted Erickson to have confidence, and so I think it was actually a tactical decision. Uh, anyway, backline, strange one. Um, Sergio Sachi, of course, I mentioned him already, second career start, and Fabrice Nsakala. Fabrice Nsakala. Certainly making his first start for us as a central defender. Um, you know, against Altai, Serdar Sachi played, but uh, Atiba Hutchinson started as a central defender with Nsakala on the right as a right back, which was already pretty weird. But um, even Atiba went down to injury in that match. So, uh, yeah, something. Very much unorthodox in the way of Fabrice Nsakala and Sergio Sachi on the back line. Valentin Rosier played uh, on the as a right back, which probably doesn't surprise anyone. Um, and that was obviously a great bo boost. But uh, as a left back, we saw a debut in the way of Umut Medash. At least a, a, his first start as a Besiktas player since he signed with us in the offseason. Um, in the midfield, we had Joseph de Souza in the, in the back, as usual. And up ahead of him, interestingly, John Bozdoan and Sally Ucha. So, completely new midfield. Kenan Karaman was our, our right wing, with Ridvan Yilmaz our left wing. So, not a, not a single sort of natural winger in the bunch. And then Miji Bachuai up front. Um, for Ajax, they had Remco Pasvir, uh, the 37-year-old keeper. Um, Lisandro Martinez, Argentinian defender, next to Julian Timber, or Julian. Uh, Daly Blind on the left side of their defense, and Nusair Mazraoui on the right back, as, as their right back, sorry. Um, Steven Berghoist started for them in the middle of their uh, midfield, next to Ryan Gravenberg, very young Dutchman, and Edson Alvarez, very talented Mexican uh, player. As their wings, of course, they had Dusan Tadic on the left side and Antony, the much heralded young Brazilian on the right side of their midfield with Sebastian Haller up front, Ivory Coast striker. Um, so no real surprises for Ajax, pretty much a full strength squad for them and for us. I mean, maybe not surprises, given that we were digging through the uh, 
the barrel at the, the bottom of the barrel for this one but yeah I mean certainly a surprise big picture as far as what we had to play in a, in a huge match perhaps our biggest of the season thus far I don't even think perhaps I mean I, many of us were hoping to compete for second and so Ajax would have been the competition for that so this is a huge disappointment for us no doubt I mean just just going into it you know going into it having very little hope to none um, was not ideal you could say but let's talk about the match um, and sure enough 34th second uh, it would be uh, Gravenberg who would show Ajax's intent and sort of fluid free attacking style by getting a shot off in the 34th second and they immediately made it clear that they were not playing around uh, but still the first really great chance fell to Besiktas. Um, Batshuayi got the ball on a really nice pass from Joseph actually kept him just onside and he got the shot pretty good low past their keeper Pasvir and it hit the post and it was just saw like it didn't just sort of dink it kind of you know I mean it really bounced right out from the post it could easily have been a goal much like the first Champions League match Mishibachuai almost getting an early goal in fact it's happened well anyway yeah I'm not going to criticize Bachuai on this did great to, to provide that chance and very nearly gave us a huge epic goal um, but yeah, sure enough, in the 12th minute, just a few minutes later, Anthony would also hit the post. Not as nicely, not as close. I mean, the shot wasn't nearly as uh, frightening for us as I suppose Bachuay's was for them. So I mean, I'll give us that. But they did make it clear that they were not laying down for this one. And they were going to bring it to us. And given our back line, that's bad news. Um, and then sure enough, 16th minute, officially the 17th, Dusan Tadic would um, pretty much school our, the entire right side of our defense, unfortunately. Valentin Lozier getting completely fooled, juked off, out of his boots, just about. Uh, and then Serdar Sachi, the young kid, also sort of uh, landing on his butt with no, no touch on the ball. And then finally Fabrice Nzakala diving in at the last second to try to make the final impact, but not, not enough. Um, Tadic found Steven Berghuis, who put it away uh, ne neatly, and Ajax had the one to nil lead. Um, low shot across the box, not much Erson could do with it, because um, he was pretty much alone coming in with, with momentum in, in, towards the goal. So, obviously, you know, nobody is thrilled with it, but nobody was shocked either. They, they, were, they were looking like they had all the intent in the world, by all means. Uh, and then, after that, they, they weren't done. They were certainly not done. 25th minute, they, um, lots of action, bouncing all around. Um, nice crossing. Haller, a little, like, lacking honestly in this in this one um, but he would miss a header it would sort of still they would get Anthony I think would get control of it finally would result in a cross to Edson Alvarez uh, who would head it towards Erson who would make a decent save 
not a difficult one for him, but um, yeah, still just one nil despite them showing a lot of pressure and having much of the ball. 37th minute, Haller finally gets a header on target, and it's a real dangerous one. He, he has it down into the ground just like you're supposed to, but Erson makes an A-plus save, diving kind of in the wrong direction, re recovering and punching it out well. 38th minute. Um, this should have been the 2-0, realistically, I think, uh, but it drops to Tadic and he misses kind of open, wide open goal. Um, but sure enough, just a couple minutes later, so I guess it, it's still 2-0, because I don't know if they scored this goal or the other one scored, because then we have the ball and, you know, whatever, but we probably go into the half 2-0 regardless. But yeah, Berghuis finds Sebastian Haller for a lovely cross onto his like thigh there's some discussion of maybe it touched um Sardar Sachi instead of uh Haller but it's credit to Haller the assist to Berghuis and sure enough 2-0 going into the half we have been completely outclassed as you'd expect but sort of you can't say bend but not break because we broke twice but still no you know I I mean, I don't know. It's still also just halftime, and we, we probably also are expecting they'll score more at this point. So, I mean, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, at the half, Gokhan Tore would come in for Ridvan Yilmaz, and he would be curious about that. Turns out Ridvan's injured. We'll find out how badly. We don't know yet. Um, also, Ozan Ozyukup would enter the match for Sally Uchan, which would actually prove fairly effective, um, it would seem. Ozan really brought a lot of energy into this match, which... You know, it's good going forward, obviously. Uh, anyway, 50th minute would be the first action. Tadic, A-plus, dribbling, getting around a number of guys again, sending in a lovely cross to Haller, whose shot would be saved nicely by Erson. And then, sure enough, just a couple minutes later, 52nd minute, and this is about where things would turn around, and, and for a moment here... I mean, I don't know if you could say Besiktas looked the more likely side to score, but nobody looked likely to score. And Besiktas was effectively kind of back in it. I mean, at least back in the game, not score-wise, of course. Um, but so then, sure enough, in the 52nd minute, John Bozwan, a lovely ball for Bacuayi to run onto, and Batsman would sky it, uh, unfortunately. So, you know, I think it's a case of him raring to go, just getting a couple of touches and just being a little too enthusiastic with it, right? But he was still getting into these chances and, and you know, on another day, perhaps that's two goals in the Champions League, or at least one. Um, and that's what getting those chances is all about and getting into those positions. And then, just 10 minutes later, in the 62nd minute, Besitaj would score. But somehow, it would be called off. I think we can all agree that we were screwed on this one. The ref, Frenchman, did a terrible job, called a foul in the build-up, shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder contact. Um, Ken Elmer's the larger guy, uh, and, and the Ajax defender fell down. Um, graciously, I must say, Ajax players and coaches have acknowledged that that was a goal. Timber, um, Jerian Timber, or whatever his name is, um, himself mentioned that that was a clean goal that should have had no business being erased so mysteries abound uh, i heard that this french referee supposedly was like schooled in the galatasaray academy you know lots of conspiracy theories 
going around now. Who knows the reality here, but certainly it was a terrible call, and, and he did a terrible job all around. Like, lots of 50-50 calls, 100% going to, the, to, to them, to Ajax, so... I mean, perhaps there's this perception that Ike should be the better side if you know the circumstances. So, you know, that can maybe flavor how a, how a ref, ref, you know, referees a mess. But I don't know. Nonetheless, he did a terrible job and clearly took a goal off of the table that should have stood. 65th minute, Ozan to Batsman to Ozan, a little neat one-two, uh, resulting in Ozan kind of having a one-on-one with the keeper. Uh, and I don't know if, if Pasvir saves it or, or what the deal was there. Uh, if, the, if the shot even gets off, if he just sort of snuffs it out before he even gets it. But nonetheless, nothing comes of it. Still 2-0. Um, 68th minute, Tadic finds Haller, and it looks like they've made the breakthrough. Um, but it's a little high for uh, Haller, or, or Haller misjumps, you know, uh, mistimes his jump. And so can't quite get his head onto it, lands on the top of the goal. Um, 84th minute, Neresh um, forces Ersen to make a, a really nice save, low from distance, but um, gets it on target. I missed a few substitutions here, so Neresh, being one of them, David Neresh, came, in, came, came into the match in the 71st minute for Anthony. Um, David Klassen, who I mentioned had been injured um, in the previous episode of our podcast here, he came in for Steven Berghuis, who, you know, obviously a goal and assist for him. Um, for Besiktas in the 73rd minute, Berkay Vardar, who had never even featured on Besiktas's bench previously, entered the match for Umut Medash. Moving uh, all sorts of things around. Um, I think Nsakala went to left back, and may- maybe Joseph set back into the... No, it was Berkay Vardar and Serdar Sachi as central defenders. So, um, it, it <coughs> shuffled things around a little bit. Worth noting that both were pretty solid, Serdar Sachi especially. Um, but I think Berkai actually met, was like four for four as far as um, challenges, tackling. So I don't know. Maybe something to look forward to in in, the, in that pair, central defensive uh, pairing for the for the ages for the future. But uh, in the 75th minute, John Bozdoan would get a yellow card. I don't recall that actually. He's probably really bummed about the goal they'd stolen at that point. Uh, and in the 92nd minute, Nishi Bajuai would get a yellow card, I think, for arguing with the ref. But anyway, that would be it. Two to nil at the end of the match. Um, real quickly, I'll mention Ajax had 71% of the ball, 3.56 xG. Um, you know, we had a 0.88 xG. So it is what it is. They had 22 shots and seven on target. We had four and none. So, you know, um, obviously Benoit Bastien, the French referee, helped them a bit, but uh, even still, I think nobody would argue that Ajax didn't deserve a victory here. They did quite well. Quickly, some stats. Um, I've already given you the possession and XG stats. I'll mention they had 627 accurate passes to our 208. Um, Yikes times the amount. They completed their passes at an 89% rate to our 72%. Um, quickly, I'll go over player stats. The players who have been judged to have had excellent matches, not a single Besiktas player among them, um, from best to, you know, 
least best. Uh, Steven Berghois, Ryan Gravenberg, Sebastian Haller, Dusan Tadic, and Julian or Julian Timber, all rated highly and they're very good. Uh, all again, Ajax players: Lisandro Martinez, Edson Alvarez, Nusair Mazraoui, Daily Blind, and Anthony. Um, the next player on the list happens to be a Beshtash player. The highest Beshtash players in terms of ratings were Sally Uchan, Ozan, and Valentin Rosier. Um, Rem- Remco Pasvi, their keeper, Mishi Bachuay, and Serdar Sachi all sliding above a 6.5. So in the good, good match zone, you know, didn't do anything negative. So again, Serdar Sachi, Mishi Bachuay, Valentin Rosier, Ozan Ozikup, and interestingly, Sally Uchan rated the highest. Um, I don't know about that. I don't think Sally. I mean, Ozan, I thought, had a more positive contribution. I'm going to give my man of the match to Serdar Sachi. Um, 2 0. Right? A 2 0 match in a, in a game where we all expected to lose way worse. Serdar. Played the full 90 minutes. He had 17 accurate passes at a 71% rate, you know, in a match where we were very inaccurate all around. He managed a shot on goal. It was off target, but, you know, whatever. Um, he had 39 touches, and he won six duels and only lost one. So he was actually quite effective. He cleared the ball four times, two-headed clearances. He was one for one on dribbles, attempted and succeeded. Um... He lost all of his aerial duels, so that's something. He's, he's a bit short, so he'll need to work on that. Uh, but he had two interceptions, four recoveries, so every other aspect of his defense was solid. He gets my man of the match. I'm not going to harp on any more stats. Without any further ado, everyone's favorite, Khan Bayazid for this week's Hashtag Khan's Corner. Well, this was a dreaded game, I think, for many of us Besiktas fans. Um, a tough, a tall order for us with all the injuries um, and even a COVID, ca- COVID case with Montero. Um, I think we all kind of went into this game thinking, let's just limit the damage. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think even the most skeptical of Besiktas fans probably expected to lose this game. Against Ajax, I mean, seeing how they very easily um, beat Sporting in Lisbon, uh, it was definitely a game where we went into into with the idea of this is probably going to be a loss. Um, you know, like especially you're missing so many players. Like against Dortmund, we missed a few players, right? We we missed Fida, we missed Alex Teixeira. The thing with, with Alex is like he's he's definitely a quality player, and you would imagine he will become one of those uh, pivotal players in the team once he's fit, once he goes uh, firing on all cylinders. But we have to be honest, like so far he isn't that yet because he's not played that much, he hasn't established himself all that much yet. But of course, Domagoj Vida is our defensive leader, so that was a big miss against Dortmund. And you can see as soon as you miss. Um, a couple of those, those those key components, it's, it's going to be really difficult, even at home, to get a result. So, 
going into this Ajax game, I think even with missing Vida, missing Alice Teixeira, we probably were there like, oh, okay, maybe we can get a point or something. But then, of course, all hell broke loose over the last two weeks, and we, we lost basically 90% of our team. I, I don't think I have to tell anyone, but we didn't have Nkuru, we didn't have Lauren, we didn't have Gezal, we didn't have Pjanic, we didn't have Atiba, we didn't have uh, Vida, obviously, we didn't have Wellington. So, yeah, we missed we missed a ridiculous amount of, of key players, Alex Teixeira as, as well, of course. So going into this game, it was always going to be about limiting the damage. Um, and I think to some fans, that's more of an ego thing. But in my head, it's more about goal differential thing. Sporting Lisbon lost uh, very heavily at home, 1-5 to five to Ajax, while we only lost 1-2 at home to Dortmund. So we have, for the third place right now, the, the goal differential advantage. And that is important going forward, because I think, you know, it, it all depends. We're going to get an international break soon. We're going to recover all the players. If those players manage to stay healthy, we still have a chance for second place, but we have to be realistic. Ajax have six points right now, and Dortmund have six points right now. Second place is going to be very, very difficult. We're going to have to win both sporting games. We're going to have to beat Ajax, and then we're going to have to get something probably against Dortmund to even have a chance at second place. You know, because you can you, you would imagine Ajax beat Sporting at home, and I wouldn't be too surprised if Ajax gets something against Dortmund in their two matches. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be very difficult to get uh, top two, but top tr- but the, the third place is still very much up for grabs because right now, of course, uh, Dortmund beat Sporting one nil at home, um, which was a very flattering scoreline for for Sporting because uh, Dortmund had three goals disallowed. Erling Haaland wasn't even in the squad. So, you know, you would imagine Sporting, when Dortmund is at full force, uh, even in Lisbon, they'll have a tough time. Uh, so, it's, it's for us, it was about limiting the damage, like I said. And I think we did that. We lost 2-0 to Ajax. But you have to keep in mind, we had Serdar Sace, who played his second ever professional game. And we had a lot of, uh, yeah, let's be honest, reserve players, uh, backup players, not first-choice players um that were, were were asked to do a job and all in all i'm i'm, I'm relatively happy with uh, the performance i think we did concede a little bit too easy on both goals but at the end of the day you know you know against a team like ix who have been scoring what they scored 29 goals in their previous 27 seven games or something this season so you know they score easily i do think we conceded a little bit too easily but at the end of the day, I think if you would have said, okay, we're going to lose 2-0, given the circumstances, I think most people would have said, you know what, that's that's not the end of the world. Um, we very much saved face. We very much saved our um, goal differential, I think. We, we limited the damage there. The, the big thing that bothers me personally is... Um, I was very bothered by the officiating in this game. You know, you know, you, you go into this game and you're two 0 d- down at halftime, and you know it's going to be difficult. Uh, you, there's no, you're, you're realistically not going to get points, probably. But then in the 60th minute, we we score a clean goal. Kenan, uh, with a good physical duel, shoulder to shoulder, wins the ball, and then the referee 
blows his whistle and he scores like a fraction after. Like it's not like the the goalkeeper didn't try to save it. It's not like the other defender didn't try to do anything. It's not like he blew the whistle and then five seconds later Kenan scored. No, the the ref blew his whistle a fraction of a second before Kenan scores, and that's so wrong in two ways. One, the referee, even if he thinks it's a foul, he can wait two to three seconds so that he can allow VAR to check. But no, he immediately blows his whistle because he's a f- And he was like that. The, I, I really, I really, really, really hated the, the, the referee the entire game, quite frankly. I felt, I felt the, throughout the game, I really felt like he was calling every 50-50 one way. Um, yeah, he was, he was, and it wasn't even that much. Like it was a pretty clean game from both sides. Like there weren't any dirty challenges. Mostly, I think two come to mind that were a little devious. I mean, um, there was one position where there was a clear high boots where I think it was Anthony from Ajax tries to cross the ball, but it's a very high boot and he kicks and Sakala in the face, he makes connection. Not much studs or anything like that, but the guy just waits to play on. Like, and Sakala literally gets kicked in the face, and he lets that go. And then later, there was a pretty hard tackle from Daily Blind in the second half, where I really thought, okay, that's a yellow. That's just a clear yellow card. And I think Ajax finished the game with no cards at all. We got two. And... One was for a professional fall, fall from Jan, which you can say, okay, fine. And then the second one was right at the end, in the 93rd minute for Michi Bachuai, because the defender, I forget his name now, acted like he got hit in the face, which, where there was no contact with the face whatsoever, mind you. And he, he books him for that. And in the Champions League, two yellow cards is a suspension. So I really feel like that was... Bullshit. Also, the, the the linesman was looking straight at it. That I, I really thought that was harsh, especially given that he didn't give Daily Blind a card for his hard tackle, and didn't do anything about a kick to the face from Al Sakala. But then he he disallows our clean goal for a shoulder to shoulder challenge. And mind you, even the player that got fouled said after the game that he could have seen it go either way, really. That he didn't, he wouldn't have been surprised if the ref would have let play on and the, the goal would have been scored. And all the Dutch comment, all the the the, the, the post match commentators in, in Holland, Jan Boskamp, Wesley Snyder, Rafael van der Vaart, they all said the same thing. They didn't understand why the referee blew his whistle there. That wasn't that that it was never a foul. Rafael van der Vaart even said, normally you should continue play on there and then you can always go look at VAR and then the goal should stand regardless. So everyone agrees, even the Dutch, that that was a clean goal. And look, I'm not, I'm not naive, I don't really believe that we would have gotten a point if we had scored there. But that goal could have, could potentially make the difference at the end, because it's now now the goal differential basically is is shrunk in favor of sporting right like they they gained the goal on us so to speak and it was a rightful goal like it shouldn't be getting taken away i was very happy with the officiating in the previous match the the spanish ref lajos i really thought he did a fantastic game 
in, in the Besiktas Dortmund match, I, I thought he had a fantastic match. And this, this is one of those things where I'm happy this wasn't ever really a competitive match. Because if this would have been a competitive game, that referee would have made the difference. He was terrible. He was giving every 50-50 to them. And he was really hard on us, I felt, with the two yellows, given the fact that they didn't get a single card, I believe. And then the, the big things that stand out to me is, is our, uh, uh, our wrongfully disallowed goal and not even calling a foul on Ensakala getting smacked in his freaking face by a boot. Like, that was so ridiculous. Seriously, that reminded me of the, 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 the what was it, Slovan Bratislava game a couple of years ago where we lost an added time because of, uh, because uh, the, the, the striker, I think it was, I don't remember, he kicks our defender in the face. The ball goes out into corner and they score on the resulting corner. But that should have always been a fall. And it's the same thing here. Should have always been a fall. And he just let play on. So you're, 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 you're allowing players to get kicked in the face, but a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder challenge? Ooh, that's where you draw the line. Oh, my God. I, I don't like that. You know, you're already so handicapped with all the injuries and everything. And yeah, you know, I, I do think Ajax kind of took their foot off the gas pedal, especially the second half. Like, in the first half, they continue, like, even after 2-0, they continued to press, they continued going for the second goal, and they never really stopped going for a goal. But they def you could definitely see that they took the, the, the foot off the gas pedal a little bit in the second half. And I, I am very much convinced that had we scored, they probably would have pushed that foot down a little bit more, and they, and they probably would have gotten the third goal. But that's football, though. Like, maybe they would have pushed their foot down and not found the goal. And maybe we score a carambol goal right at the end. Like, that's football. You're supposed to let the game flow. It's not up to the referee to decide who gets to score and who doesn't. Like, that goal getting disallowed is just 100% wrong. And that guy should not get a match again in the Champions League this season. But, you know, it's a Turkish club. Nobody gives a fuck. So he probably will get more games. He probably will get rewarded. Because apparently this was the same ref that uh, that uh, officiated Frankfurt Fenerbahce a couple of weeks ago, and he pulled some strange stuff there as well. So, <sighs> whatever. It's uh, it, it, I mean, I guess we can be happy that after this match, we are we get to be angry at the referee. I guess that's a positive in a weird way, because that means we don't have to be angry at our team um, for embarrassing us or whatever. Uh, I think all credit goes to the players. Lots of young kids getting thrown in front of the Lions, so to speak, and I think they they stepped up. It, it wasn't by any means a heroic performance, um, but we saw a lot of promise. Uh, Jan Bozduan had a good game. Serdar had a good game. Uh, yeah, it was it was promising. We had a, another young youth player coming in in the second half after Umut Meraj got injured, so that was good. I also think Ersin made a good performance. Like he, 
Um, he made, I think, five saves or something like that, and a couple of good ones. Um, and, and, and Ersin continues to uh, make a good impression in the Champions League, and that's positive as well. And, you know, I really, I'm really liking Sailor Sachi. I liked him against Altai. Uh, the thing I worried a little bit about there was some uh, not, not so good in the build-up, a little bit of wayward passing, maybe a little panicky sometimes to just blow that uh, ball up the field. Um, but defensively, he looked pretty solid. I think he lost Haller a few times, but, I mean, you know, He's, he's, he just turned 18 a couple of months ago. He's very young. And uh, if he can stay healthy, uh, he might have a really bright future ahead of him. I really hope that uh, th these games will have convinced Sergen of Serdar's value and that in the future, if Wellington or Vida and Montero aren't available, that Serdar is going to be the first option, not Mehmet Topal. Because Mehmet, like, Mehmet Topal is there for, for squad debt, right? Like, there's, you don't win anything by playing Mehmet Topal. He's there if you need him as a last resort. You should always, if you have viable youth alternatives like Serdar now, they should always play. Because they are the future. We had this with Ersin, we had this with Ridwan, now we're having this with Serdar potentially as well. And the same with Jan Bosdoan. So, those guys, they need to get more minutes. I hope they will. Uh, also, with the foreign limit, having... Uh, a viable alternative at the center-back position, a Turkish alternative, is, is a valuable thing. So uh, let's hope that we get to see Serdar more and that he continues to improve because he really looked like um, like a good player. And hopefully he can continue to impress. And it's not you shouldn't underestimate this. Like playing in front of 50,000 uh, in the Champions League like this and standing ho holding your own like that, it's um, it's a good positive sign that this kid has what it takes to make it. Let's hope uh, that he stays spared of injuries, unlike Alpa Celebi, uh, and that uh, he continues to grow. I think there were a lot of positives to be taken away from this Ajax performance. Now we have one more game before the international break. Hopefully we can keep the points at home against Sivas, which will be tough. Sivas are a tough team, but we have Bacuay again. And I think if we had Bacuay against Altai on Friday, we, we would have won that game. Because Kenan really missed a lot of opportunities there. And I think Bacuay would have put, put those away. Um, so even with missing a lot of players, uh, I hope we can get the points against Sivas at home. Um, hopefully we can recover a couple of injured players. And then it's international break. I really hope that the players that are injured now, uh, maybe if they just have recovered, like let's say Gazal is back. For Sivas, I don't know if he is, but if he would be, I really hope he doesn't go to the international to, to, to the national team. I hope these players have the wherewithal to know that they need to take it easy for two weeks or however long the international break is. Let's hope after the international break we recover most of our players and we can start firing at all cylinders again um, because it would be such a shame uh, with such a great squad. Uh, and playing good football that we would throw it away domestically because of injuries. So let's hope that uh, these injuries stop now because I've had my fill and I'm sure you have had to. Thank you very much, Khan Bayazid, once again. Um, yeah. Very good points all around. Good analysis by, by Khan. I think we both agree about Serda. Uh, yeah, and it's a shame, obviously, we couldn't bring out a full complement of, of, you know, as far as our squad goes. But 
it was what it was, and, and given all of the handicaps we had going into this one, I think 2-0 is almost a dreamlike score in a lot of ways. Um, <clears throat> it's the least amount of goals they've allowed, almost, you know, certainly in a little while. Uh, it's not actually, they've allowed, uh, I think, um, I forgot who it was, to be honest, but I think, uh, I can tell you actually who it was, let me just tell you who it was. Um, against Zvole, a victory, they won nil to two on the road, um, and against FU Twente, they, they drew they drew one to one, so it wasn't the, the best defense they faced, but also it wasn't by any means the best defense we would have put out against them. Uh, and it was one of their weaker performances uh, as far as offense. I mean, they could have scored more also. But I guess on the other hand, we could have scored two. Bachuay twice. One goal was literally erased for no good reason. So I think we have a lot of... We can hold our heads high, you know? I really I really do believe that. Um, quickly, uh, let's talk about our, our table here in the Champions League. It's worth doing now that there's a couple matches under our belt. Um, Ajax is in first place in the group because they have that big goal differential advantage, plus six because of the five to one win against Sporting. Um, Dortmund is obviously in second, having also won both of their games. So both of them have six points, but they only have a plus two goal differential, um, plus one against us, plus one against Sporting, where they defeated one to nil. Uh, we are in third place at the moment, uh, minus three goal differential, with Sporting at negative five. So that's a positive, I guess, going, going into now the double tie against them. Uh, and so before we, we do that, we'll be speaking with someone from the Sporting EN 160 podcast. Uh, more to come on that. I hope I'll be in better spirits by then, obviously. Um, one last thing I should mention before I go here. Uh, Besiktas will be hosting Sivas, where at least it's at home. But Sivas is tough. We're obviously not going to have a, a full complement of players. We're going to have many injuries. Who knows what they'll be. We'll let you know when the time comes. Uh, but so that match is on Saturday, October 2nd, noon, here in New York City on the East Coast of the United States. Check your local listings as always. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could sort of briefly mention that the... Like last episode, there were a couple matches withstanding before we knew what the table would look like. So after seven matches played, Fenner is in first place with 16 points. Uh, they defeated Hatay 1-2 on the road. Uh, it's questionable stuff. Could have been a could have been a card uh, or a, certainly a penalty on a handball that they just mysteriously didn't didn't give out. But anyhow, Trabzon's in second place with 15 points. Four wins and three draws. I didn't mention Fenner's has five wins and one draw, so they're doing quite well thus far. Altai is in third with five wins and two losses, also 15 points. They're level on points with Trabzon. And then Besiktas is in fourth place, 14 points. Four wins, two draws, and one loss. Um, Hatai is underneath us in fifth with 13 points. Konya with 13 points. And Alanya with 13 points. Alanya. Drew Trabzon one to one this week, so uh, they're they're hanging in there. Then Kayseri with 11 points, Fatih Karagumruk with 11, and Galatasaray finally in 10th place, also with 11 points. So that's where we finally stand in the tables going into this coming week against Sivas. 
Um, let me quickly talk about Sivas. They uh, they're having, you know, not the best season. They're in eleventh place. Two wins, three draws, and two losses. Uh, so far this season, they have lost to Konyaspor. They have lost in the Europa Conference League to Copenhagen um, after beating Dinamo Batumi. Um, they lost to, I mentioned Konyaspor. They also lost to Trabzonspor. So they started out the season poorly. Then they drew Guztepe 2-2. Two at home, and then they drew Fener there, which was a good return, I suppose, uh, drawing one to one in Istanbul, and then they faced Gaziantep at home, drew one to one, not ideal, uh, but then on the road in Yeni Malatya they won nil to one, and then in this last week they defeated Fatih Karagümrük four to nil, and I'll quickly talk about that one. Uh, they obviously. Had no trouble scoring, scoring four times, so that's not ideal given where we are at the moment. Now I'll talk about their lineup, however. In goal, they have Muamer Zulfikar Yildirim, 31-year-old Turk. On their back line, Dimitrios Gutas, a Greek defender, uh, with Bakasetas and Siopis and Pelkas. Greeks are on the rise in the Super League, so we'll see about him. Um, Janer Osman Pasha, 33-year-old Turk. They're not young on that back line. Um, Ur Chifchi, 29-year-old Turk, is their left back. Ahmet Oz, 28-year-old Turk, is their right back. In the center of their midfield, Hakan Arslan. Jorge Felix, 30-year-old Spaniard, is there is also in the center of the midfield next to Faijal Fayer, Moroccan 33-year-old. Um, their wingers are, of course, Max Alain Gradel, perhaps the most dangerous that they have. He was, he was solid at time. Pedro Enrique, Brazilian 31-year-old, is their right winger. And then Olaren Waju Coyote, 28-year-old Nigerian striker, um, has uh, just a goal so far this season, I believe. Um, but, you know... In, in five matches, just the one goal. So he's not exactly on great form. But nonetheless, they scored four goals in their last match. So they'll be looking to add you know, to their mantle and add to our misery. Uh, the good news, as far as injuries go, is that we know... I, I, Sergei Yalchin said everyone will be back after the international break, which will be after our match against Sivas. Um, and there was one exception that was Mehmet Topal. I think that's the worst news. I mean, he's not seriously injured either, so he'll be back eventually. Not soon, perhaps, but soon enough. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's that's all we have today, folks. Thanks for bearing with me. Um, yeah. All I really have to say is... Tell your loved ones how you feel. Don't wait. You never know if there's going to be tomorrow. You never want to have things left unspoken. And um, bad things can happen to people, folks. So let your loved ones know what needs to be known. <laughs> um, and, of course, follow us on Twitter and all that stuff. I'm not even going to go through all that. I will say, of course, let's go, Besiktas! Uh, with a little less vigor than usual, but, you know, with all the uh, heartfelt love for the club. 
Stay tuned for more folks. We will be back again soon. Um, I will probably be here for it. If I can make it through this one, I'm sure I can make it through that. But yeah, if not, we'll have something for you folks. If you're not, um, certainly some more hashtag whatever it might be. Crimes Corner, Ask Aaron. Uh, anyhow, folks, see you next time. Peace out. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.